Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast. My name is David Duggan and I'm the director of Below the Line, an Irish-based consultancy specialising in helping people, teams and organisations raise their levels of consciousness, inner potential and performance. I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organisations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs and people looking to make their mark in the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well and perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines. What are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives? Whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. For our first episode back, I am delighted to have been joined by Bernard Jackman. Bernard is someone that would be well known to many people as a well-loved and respected rugby player for Ireland and Leinster, Connacht and the Sale Sharks, a coach for teams including FC Grenoble and the Cardiff Dragons, as well as a writer, broadcaster and pundit in Irish, UK and French media. I invited him onto the podcast to talk a little bit about rugby, but a lot more about his own personal story, what he has learned from making a series of pivots in his life and career, and how he is bringing his knowledge and passion for the game of rugby to new contexts as a broadcaster, speaker and consultant. This was a fascinating discussion with someone who has a real passion for leadership and culture in sporting and business organisations, who has been up close and personal with some of the most respected business and sporting leaders in the world, and who relishes new challenges and taking them head on, thanks to an appetite for hard work and a really positive and optimistic outlook and mindset. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as our exclusive online events and sessions, including our Press Pause coaching community. Thanks for listening, and now, on with the show. First of all, let me just welcome you, Bernard, and thanks very much for doing this. I, I really appreciate it. I know how time time poor you are and busy you are, so I, I, I do appreciate you giving me a bit of your time. Um, and for people who are listening to this, I thought I might just preface the conversation by saying, obviously, you and I don't know each other, but we connected probably about five or six months ago on LinkedIn. Um, and obviously, I started getting some of your posts in my feed. And one of those posts was um, about the fact that you were talking about making tra- the transition from coaching to, you know, to, to doing media work and all that that entailed. And I reached out to you. I said, look, would you be interested in coming on the podcast? I think that's an interesting angle for people to maybe um, just to, to get to know you a little bit better and, and to approach this idea of making pivots and transitions. And I was saying to you at the time, because obviously you went from being player to being a coach 
you know, to now doing this. And you said, well, actually, there's probably about four or five or maybe five or six transitions that are and pivots that I've made. And you mentioned the fact that, look, I was studying um, marketing in Japanese and I went from that and kind of yanked the handbrake on that and went into a, a playing career. So I thought maybe we could start with um, this idea of do you feel that you're naturally wired to make pivots or transitions or do you think it's a result uh, of the nature of a, a career in sport? Um, well, I think, look, obviously sport is a highly volatile um, career and you, you always have to think about the next step. But I, I, I think I'm pretty um, in, in, uh, intuition is, is something that I, I, I rely on quite a bit and not feel that I'm stuck in, 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 um, in a certain career or trend. And it's been since since I, I left school. Like I, my, my father's a cattle dealer. Um, I'm the eldest boy. Um, he'd love me to be be at home uh with him and and i and i i really enjoy that 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 career as well um but probably you know i went to college to do international marketing in japanese the economy was 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 struggling at the time you know i wanted to be quite um specific or quite unique in my skill set so pick something that there wasn't many opportunities for other students to do so i think there was 25 in our class um and there was a high high drop off rate so it was a new new skill set to have in Ireland. Um, I was about to go to Japan for my third year in college and rugby and professional. Warren Gatlin was a kind of coach. He offered me a, a contract. And I had this choice because rugby, like the RFU actually voted no to professional rugby. So um it, the RFU went into it, you know, kicking, screaming, and there wasn't a safe career to go into. So I was risking jeopardizing, you know, a, a decent degree to become a, a professional rugby player. And even Warren Gatlin himself said, look at this might only last a year and I might go back to being an amateur. But I felt it was a it was a great opportunity. So I did transfer into business studies at DCU. So I ended up combining being a pro player with a with a BA in business. Um then I went to sale sharks for two years, then I came back and I didn't have a contract. I got a job as a medical rep. So I was a pharmaceutical rep for AstraZeneca. Then I got a contract again um and went back into pro rugby and ended up, you know, um ended up finishing up at 34, having won a European Cup at Leinster. Um then I went back to study, wrote a book, um, and an opportunity came to go to France to coach. Went for a year, stayed for five, um, then went to Wales. Warren Gatlin rang me again, said, look, there's a job in Wales. Uh, went there and then came back and, and you know, decided to pivot again and, and get out of pro coaching because from a family point of view, it wasn't really where we wanted to be. Got a job in the corporate world, um, worked for a company called Refinitiv, which is Thomson Reuters, selling market data. Did that for two years. Then Gartner approached me. Uh, Gartner, a big um, multinational research and advisory firm. Went working for them for a year. But at the same time, I was kind of working in the media. Um, and thankfully, things were, were I was getting more work. Um, and there was more opportunities because of TV contracts, etc. Um, more TV, movie on TV. I got a column in the Sun Independent. A couple of podcasts. So, yeah, I, I basically made the decision. Uh, and so I was also doing some keynote speaking as well. So, Basically, made a decision last September to to leave that nine to five security and uh, go freelance uh, and do what I pick and choose what I do and only do things I like. Um, and and that doesn't say anything against the, tr- the jobs I had, but um, you know, sometimes in a in a multinational or a corporate job, you know, you're well, I certainly found that it wasn't it wasn't all things I liked. You know what I mean? Um, so I decided that I wanted to just do things I like and enjoy, and hopefully that'll help me perform better and give better value so um that's that's how i ended to it but again there's no there's no big plan and that's probably if you sit down with your career advisor in in ty year 
you know, they tell you the importance of a plan. Um, I've always kind of gone gone with with my uh, good feeling and just trying to do things I I enjoy. Um, and uh, it's worked out okay so far. Yeah, yeah. But you're clearly an adaptable person um in terms of your your mindset like I, I love that idea of you know i didn't have a contract so i went you know there's a grafter in you um who oh, yeah. doesn't kind of sit around um and looks for opportunity it would seem yeah look i back myself to work uh like i yeah. know i can work i don't mind work. i like work um uh i like working so no i wouldn't um yeah there's a there's a, there's a work ethic there which probably my, you know i got from my, my my family but um yeah no for sure I, I i that doesn't fear me to be honest you know what i mean i think there's opportunities there and i would say that uh, look at there's a lot of things i don't know but um i'm pretty good at implementing the things i, I do know and and hopefully there's going to be a always a, a need for that so it, it it would seem to me that making change isn't it's not difficult for you but um it's almost thinking back to last september you know it was just about you know committing to something and, and going for it yeah, exactly. And, look, and to be honest, um, I feel a bit of a fraud because uh, it wasn't like it wasn't like I was leaving a job and and going home and, and waiting on Monday morning for the phone to ring. I had built up, you know, a, a, a steady stream of, of of engagements that I knew were going to last. And particularly with the World Cup, um, you know, in in France in, in September, you know, rugby is going to be, um, you know, pretty pretty popular uh, in the limelight for the next 12 months at least so um you know there, there was an opportunity in that um but yeah it's obviously a risk you know giving up the security of you know a nine to five or a salary job to 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 go freelance but um uh, it's something that you know I'm, whatever it's january now so I'm, I'm five months four months five months into it um six nations are starting you know there's lots of the, i'm working tomorrow in the beaver for the leinster racing um i have a column to write after this for Sunday's paper um so yeah no things are things are going well thank god great great fantastic I, I love to hear those those stories and uh, you're right um it's interesting you know lots of people talk about this idea of um you know leaving a nine to five job and and, and kind of ripping the band-aid off or pulling the handbrake but um, even in my own experience having worked somewhere else and then started a business you never just jump you know you, you build stuff up you've got connections it's it's never a uh, it's never a how would i describe it it's always a calculated move i think i, I think yeah look unless you've been uh, let go and, and i was in in the dragons um then obviously you know it's out of your control a little bit but again the important thing then is not to panic and just you know just talk to good people um look at your network look at what you want to do and see it as an opportunity to, to try something different yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned there just you know, the coaching roles and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm always curious to know, you know, how do how do people make that transition? Speaking of pivots from player to coach, you know, what 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 lessons do you do you think you you've learned from that? Yeah, look, I, I think that that's that's obviously not a, as big a pivot as it is to go from coaching into tech sales, but because it's it's what you know, you, and you, but you you don't really know because you know what what you what you've experienced. So, for example. You know, a coach comes in on Monday morning to do his his or her review. Um, you know, you get what they're telling you or showing you, but you don't understand the thought process and discussions they've had in the staff room with the other coaches to actually break that game down. So, um, that's that was a shock, you know, to um to have to work out well, how do I get the best possible message to the players? How do I 
deliver that message you know whether it's true you know my 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 oral communication um my body language the, the clips i use the the keynote or the powerpoint slides you know whether i team it um is it aligned to our overall you know way of playing etc etc so that's all that was all and all, then i was doing it in a language that i didn't speak you know um and you know i was sitting in team meetings i was like the problem as a coach sorry not the problem the, the challenge as a coach is you're effectively in the building from six in the morning till six at night which isn't a big deal but it's you know the, the, it's 10 percent of your time is actually dealing with players um 90 percent of your time is planning uh reviewing um you know building up uh, you know uh working with other coaches as you become more higher up the food chain as a coach you know it's media it's agents it's the board you know um it's finance um so it's a totally different challenge and for my first year because i did german in school and japanese in college i didn't know french and you know the staff room was totally french the only time they would would say something to me in english was if they needed me to to do something for them um you know so i was sitting in meetings for two or three hours unless there was footage involved you know being clueless to what they were talking about and there was no need for them to translate because i was only a defense coach but you know but that was that was great for me because it made me pick up french much quicker than i would have if i was just a foreign player playing in a in a french team because unfortunately a lot of the french foreign players hang around together um and and, and they pick up french much slower so that was interesting. So, um, but that 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 made it easier for me then to transfer into an, an a corporate job because I was used to being in an office all day, you know, bar that hour where you're on the pitch. Um, and that's what I think a lot of ex players struggle with is going from the dressing room into an office. That's a big culture shock, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you mentioned there, um, you know, relatively speaking, that's an easy transition from playing to coaching. But you mentioned tech sales, for example. So yeah, just talk to me a little bit more about what are what what's the challenges um, associated with going from from playing or coaching into into the corporate world. Well, to be honest, it actually um, I was very lucky. The book companies I was with had very good onboarding, um, and then you just got to like so. For example. Um, Look, it's the same in in any sales job. You 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 have to understand your products. You have to understand how they work, uh, the key benefits, um, why the customer, why you can help the customer, um, with their with their issues, um, and be able to then, I suppose, understand what the customer needs. You know, where's that pain point, um, and you do that through your line of questioning, um, but also you need to have an, a passion for for that industry and to be keeping up to date and, and, you know, start to read. So for example, in Refinitiv, you know, I started to read the financial times, um, you know, f- listen to podcasts because that's where, that's where you could understand where the market was going and understand the challenges uh, on a macro level. Gartner, you know, is an IT research and advisory firm. So I had to start understanding digital transformation, understand, you know, um, data, um, how, Big financial service companies are 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 going to go through a data a data transformation. So, um, yeah. So I think you have to live it. You have to have a passion for it. And um, and if you don't have a passion for it, you have to try and create one. Um, but look at it. It's, the great thing I liked about sales was David is is that um, you, you're getting constant feedback through numbers or results as to how you're tracking. Um, and to be honest, that that's something from a playing and a coaching point of view. Effectively, you start Monday. You know, from scratch, you start Monday with a clean sheet. You find out 
how your how your week has been. Um, and in sales, okay, some of the sales cycles are they're not as quick as seven days, but at least you're you're getting that feedback through performance or results that can help you get better or motivate you or, or reward you financially or whatever whatever you're chasing. Um, so I, I like that side of it. You know? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, people in business, you know, they're really interested in, in my experience in, in bringing the, the lessons of elite sport or high performance sport into their organizations. Um, do you think there are transferable things that can be applied from sport to business or is that just, um, is that BS? No, absolutely. And I, I, so I, um, 2010 when I retired, I went back and did a master's in UCD and did a, a, a MSc in sports and exercise management. But I did my thesis on the, the topic was the correlation between high performance behavior and sport and business. So I, I felt I'd been in a high performance environment in Leinster, Ireland. We won a Grand Slam. I'd also been in low performance environments, you know, at times in Leinster. And, and um, I wanted to kind of see was were those behaviors and values, was that culture transferable? So I went to Toyota in Japan, Toyota factory, uh, one of the two two in Tokyo. I went to um, uh, Amazon in Seattle. I went to the IMG Tennis Academy in Florida. I went to Man United. I went to Dyson. I went to Just Eat. I went to Rolex um, and I just literally observed and asked questions and spoke to C-suite um, and tried to find out, you know, are they successful because they look, you know, or is their core behaviors and values and systems in place? And I, and I found that basically there is, you know, um, there, there's a, there's a reason why these teams are successful and it's not the same in each place. Okay. But there's, there's core fundamentals, whether that's, you know, um, very strong leadership. Whether that's um, you know, uh, in Dyson, for example, you know, you've got some of the best creative minds um around trying to trying to build new things and create new, uh, new products. Um, and you know, Rolex is is this legacy about you know passing on a, a piece of jewelry that you know will 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 last for your lifetime plus your 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 son or daughter's lifetime. Um, you know, Toyota's Toyota's obviously high production quality, um, you know, computerization, um, but also really strong on the feedback area, you know, um, and incorporating feedback of the employees, Red Bull Formula One, likewise. So look at this there's there's there is lessons you can learn. I, I wouldn't and I think, you know, I, I speak to companies about performance now, and I think I'm quite lucky if I haven't spent three years in the corporate world, as I said, my visits to companies for my studies, my sporting, I think there's a mix of everything. I don't think, you know, because I, I certainly get this because I work with some multinationals, uh, some leadership teams and, you know, uh, like being motivated to play for Dublin in, in the All-Ireland or to play for, you know, uh, Munster or Leinster. When you go to a, t a rugby dressing room, um, pretty much everyone is is very happy to be there, right? Everyone is very focused on maximizing their career because they know it's short term. Um most of them are playing for where they're from, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas in a in a corporate environment, you can have a mix of people with lots of different backgrounds, lots of different uh senses of purpose, um, lots of different challenges, lots of different um ideas about how things should work. So I think the corporate world is a it's a harder thing to get right. Um but you can definitely learn lessons from other businesses. And, you know, some of the things that sport do, military do, you know, the best performers in arts do to to try and find, you know, the best, the best process and the best yeah, way forward. Yeah. I, I'm often struck by as well. I think I was talking to somebody else last week who was relaying to me a conversation with the next rugby player. 
um uh, i can't remember who it was but basically saying um you know there's there it slightly contradicting you in one sense saying i don't know if there's much that uh, from sport that i can that i can bring into business um except which i think was a pivotal and a key point was how i prepare myself and how i manage myself and i that that for me was like oh yeah genie mac like that's a gold nugget now um in terms of how athletes prepare themselves and there's lots of reasons for that like it's a finite career and all that type of stuff but um i, I think there's huge lessons that people can take from how individual athletes prepare and look after themselves and you know mind, mind themselves in order to be able to perform well that i think they it has absolute application to business all sorts of areas of life would you agree with that no for sure i look at look at the best sports teams are are trying to learn from you know elite business performers and and other areas because that's what that's what elite people do they they're they're like magpies they're looking for they're looking for ways to get better um and and you said yeah sometimes sometimes the, the the gold is unknown you know people don't realize why they're special you know i've been I, like i like i look horse racing i've got to meet you know um ap mccoy ruby watch etc and it's only when you ask them questions you know that the answers they give you gives you a unique insight into why they're, they were superstars or why they were elite but you know, for them, it's just the way they are. You know what I mean? It's just the way they are. They learned to pick it up from other elite performers or it was how they're brought up. But um, there is absolute, there's, there's lessons we can learn from everybody that can help us get better. But it has to be something that's kind of, that fits in with your skill set, your strengths, your way of seeing things as well, you know? Um, and that's that's the hard part is not to try and chase every fad. Um, it's to just work out, you know, what fits in with your operating uh, way you know the way you do things, or the way you're suited. So, are you a morning person? Are you, are you someone who likes, you know, um, very direct uh feedback, or do you need a sugar coated? Uh, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things. It's just how we are, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you um, uh, can you think of an example that really stood out for you as as something like? Yeah, look, I, th- I think look, the most impressive guy I I came across was. Um, was Ferguson Alex Ferguson? I mean, United fan, um, but like he, he was so clear in what was important to him and how Man United, um, should operate. And and he said himself, he wasn't the best tech, technical or tactical coach, but you know they had three simple um uh, behaviors that basically he hammered on, hammered every day, and he hired or fired on, which were like, you know, United player never gives up. United player, uh, United players are brave, not just physically but also in terms of choice to make and then team first and he he literally you know wasn't wasn't afraid so Eric Cantona you know jumped into the crowd and kung fu kicked someone but he didn't sack him because he felt he was very very strong in those three areas you know but he was willing to say sell David Beckham because he felt he wasn't putting the team first at, you know before he sold him so and that's the and you know he was able to he was willing to make very hard decisions based around his values um, and it became very transparent, very clear for his staff and, and players and it led to sustainable success, you know, and that's, um, I think there's other methods that can maybe get you a bounce in performance, but it's not sustainable. So that that's why I liked him because he, over the, over the long period of time, he was able to, to recreate that environment that led to success. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and it, it... Back to some of that stuff we were talking about around how you prepare yourself and things like that. I'm always curious with people who are on the guests of this podcast. Um, you know, what are are there any 
you know, daily, weekly, monthly habits, rituals you engage in um, to help you just, you know, show up and do what you're doing now? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm very lucky now. I'm, I'm, I'm working the performance, leadership and, and rugby, rugby analysis. So the three things that I'm absolute, like I love anyway. So I've got a bookcase behind me here full of those type of books. Um, so I would read those for pleasure, you know, um, and like I listen to uh, podcasts, I, I just, you know, on Twitter, a lot of people I follow are in this, are in that space. Um, so I, I, I'm constantly, I'm really passionate about those areas. So for example, you know, I'm doing the match tomorrow. Um, you know, Leinster are playing Rass sitting, you know, I, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, some of my, our media outlets that I follow or, or listen to podcasts are French rugby based, right? So, um, if I, but I, like I, I, I do that out of interest. Um, uh, so, you know, if I wasn't that way inclined, I would have to spend this week prepping, trying to find out what's happening in French rugby, why you're asking, having a tough when he gets there, you know, what's the staff going to be, um, what's the player movement going to be like, you know, who's leaving, who's off contract, etc. So, I kind of, um, uh, how my the lessons I've learned is is to just live it, you know, just to be throw yourself into that space rather than um uh have to try and do a crash course, you know. And likewise, um, you know, I'm all, like because of the whole leadership thing, I'm constantly looking for examples of of really strong strong leadership, um, that's current, um, you know, for example, the New Zealand Prime Minister, you know, she's. She she's she's resigning this week because um you know it's been very difficult for her to have a you know a good family life with the with the pressure and criticism she's been under. But yes, if you've watched her over the last two or three years, she stood up and 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 tried to lead in the best possible way she could, and and um uh, and was very impressive under massive pressure in terms of how she how she looked from the outside. Um and and I think it's what I really enjoy about what what her is that she's the easy thing to do is crack on is to stay there you know the hard thing to do is walk away um from that job but she's made the decision which i think is a brave decision for for her and her family so just constantly if you're in that space and you're you're inquisitive you know the current affairs gives you lots of great examples of of, of leadership as well but as i said i don't I, I i'm naturally inquisitive i enjoy kind of trying to be up to date trying to understand why certain people are doing things um, like even Pep Guardiola, I don't know if you're a soccer fan, but Man City won four two last night. Um, he gave a brilliant post match interview. Um, he was booed off the his team were booed off the field at half time, and he just spoke, you know, I would say very similar to how he would have spoke to his players. And, and there's learn there's lessons in that. So, yeah, uh, my my advice is, and um, it's 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 so stupid, it's, um, so simple, it's stupid, is literally be really interested in in the things you're um you're doing for your for your job. It's like you for this podcast, you know, you you obviously picked up on on something I I posted and um and and that that's that's generally what high performers are is that they're they live and breed it. So like my dad, my, my dad lives and breeds cattle. You know what I mean? Um if you if you take the conversation away from price of cattle, um, you know, the grass the grass growing, the the feed prices, etc. He doesn't lose, he loses interest, but that's that's fine. You know, that's that's what he's basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well it's interesting, even if I you know, reflecting on what you've said to me, everything you said to me so far, you know, I, what I'm hearing is someone who goes with their gut um but is very attuned to that um and isn't 
is is much more interested in living this stuff as opposed to intellectualizing it. Not that you don't inter- intellectualize it, you're feeding your brain all the time. But for me, it's almost like you're plugging into, well, this is what I love to do. This isn't work. This is just, you know, this is what fascinates me, but I'm not, I, I'm living it um, as opposed to just thinking about it. Yeah, and I'm very lucky. I, I, yeah, I'm very lucky because like from a, from a, 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 a rugby point of view, right, because I'm, I'm working in TV and, and, and podcasts and, and, and written journalism. Um, you know, I'm getting to still be at the cold face of, of elite rugby, right? Um, even though it's not from a coaching point of view. Um, I'm in a coaching group of coaches all over the world who are, who are all, I'm the only one not pro coach anymore. Um, but there's, there's the information being shared there, which I, I really find fascinating and hopefully helps me be a better pundit for my leadership and my performance talks. Like I'm working with, companies like you know airbnb porsche uk um you know uh aviva you know standard life uh diageo etc um and then but i'm working with small companies you know small family businesses um and like there's not a there's not a talk i i don't go to or or a um a workshop that i deliver that i don't come away kind of understanding um, you know, a, a different part of a different business or or, uh, or a sector a little bit better. My way of doing things is, is conversational more so than than um, you know, lecture uh, and trying to facilitate really good conversation. So, um, then that's great when you when you kind of get into a, a team or a group, and you discover little barriers that are holding them back, and you try and unlock those or 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 delve a little bit deeper into them you know it's 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 always different there's no there's no conversation or 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 keynote or q a or, or or workshop that's the same because you're dealing with different people at different time in their lives and um that's really rewarding and really interesting yeah yeah and, and um just picking up on that point there about you know you're you're in and out of lots of organizations at the moment you're also engaging in the coaching world and, and pundits but do you see um particular challenges that are common to both worlds or, or things that are live in, in, in people's worlds right now as challenges they're looking to address? Yeah, look, at I think the biggest the biggest one that, um, well, obviously in the tech world, there's a huge amount of uncertainty and a lot of redundancies and, and um, fear, fear for the employees of, of, of stability and security and uh, does the company value them? Is their role one of those roles that's going to be up for review um and and that that can often look at loads of teams loads of companies organizations they think the culture is great because they're on a you know they're they're swimming um with the current you know things are going well everybody's performing there's bonuses there's nice uh extracurricular activities being put on um but when you really find out your culture is when the pressure comes when that crisis happens and, and in the tech world at the moment that's happening so i think companies are very conscious of how the employees feel um and is there that fear and can you can you still perform under that fear because what can sometimes happen is because you you start to stress and, and worry about your security and, and that's all natural there's nothing wrong with that um your performance drops right uh your performance drops because you get distracted and then that can actually lead to you, you maybe being um one of those roles or one of those people that are, you know, in the spotlight for for retention. Uh, so the you know, and again, it sounds so che- cheesy, but from a sporting point of view, you know, the analogy is you know, trust the process, look after your own job, do your job well, and you know, the re- stuff outside your control is outside your control. But sometimes, I think 
people get distracted by that um by the by the outside noise which isn't e- it's not easy and then the other thing is i suppose this reintegration of uh, being in the office or or that's what's the what's the perfect balance you know what's the goldilocks porridge temperature of being in the office being out of the office can we work um can we be productive can we perform in that hybrid environment well how do we work how do how do we communicate how do we organize ourselves best to maximize that you know um can we work better virtually you know can we get more out of that virtually so they're the things that i think you know are topical at the moment and even though you know this hybrid environment is not new now we're still trying to i think everyone's trying to find the right balance for for their organization and more importantly the people in it the people in your team and what what they want and you know how you how you can best facilitate them because that's the the leaders that's what they have to do they have to just try and understand the needs and wants and desires and um complications uh, uh, that 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 the team have individually, and then try and find the, the the best the best way of facilitating that. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. I've only a couple more questions to ask you, as I know you're 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 on the clock, um, and push for time. But um, we often talk in in below the line, like our, our strap line uh, uh, is this idea of live well and perform better, and we always say to people it's one of the questions we always ask the guests on the podcast because we don't have a fixed definition of what that is but i'm just wondering from your perspective what's your take on on that as a strap line yeah. and what does it mean well, to you? for me it's to it's to have habits and rituals to be honest and um, like so for example like we don't get i don't get a huge amount of time at home but we try every sunday evening to go for dinner as a family in a in a in a, in a gastro pub around a corner and it sounds just silly but it kind of when I was a kid, we used to always do Sunday lunch because my dad worked six days a week. But we used to always do a Sunday lunch somewhere. You know, we went to a hotel or whatever. And it's a little ritual that I think wraps up the week for us nicely and starts the week off. And and the kids are disappointed if, if for whatever reason we don't do it, you know. And it's just, it sounds crazy because we obviously live, we live together. Uh, but I have two teenagers. But we're like shifts passing in the night sometimes. Um, and we don't actually, sometimes, even at breakfast, it's sometimes rushed. Um it's kind of that two hours on a Sunday evening where you actually kind of find out how their week has gone um, and just how their life is going. You know what I mean? And, and it sounds like that. It's not a key to performance, but for me, it's just one little habit or, or ritual I have. And we have as a family that kind of keeps us in sync. Um, I try and listen to podcasts. I try and get out for a do- walk with a dog um, and, I, I enjoy that you know i come back with a clear head um when i do a talk or when i do a workshop i'm big on doing a hot debrief you know so as soon as i get into the car as soon as i get into the car i'll i'll take notes um around like did things happen in that call or that meeting that i, I planned for you know had i done enough background research you know had i asked the right questions of the the person who who booked me um, you know, did I really understand what they wanted out of it? Did I deliver what they asked me to deliver? Um, you know, did I react as well as I could have to a certain question which was left field? You know, was I succinct? And I'm not being succinct here, but was I was I accurate or, or precise in the in the feedback or the, or the response I gave? Could I handle it better? And then obviously, then normally I'm driving home, and then I I kind of I, I 
I go deal a little bit further on those things, but I write them down. I write them down. Um, and you know, I try and then use that as a way of learning. So like, I'm lucky I'm friends with a, a, a very good surgeon, uh, Gary O'Toole and, and um, orthopedic surgeon swam for Ireland as well. So he's got a sporting background, but you know, he was telling me about the kind of pre-mortem and post-mortem or pre-op meetings that happen for something that's, you know, he's got a big operation on a Friday. It's something he hasn't seen a huge amount of, they'll get on a phone with, with colleagues or, or, or in America or England and they'll, they'll try and predict, you know, what they're going to face and have a plan in place. And obviously the real solution is the real scenario is, you know, everything goes to plan, but sometimes things change, you know, and, they'll do a they'll do a debrief afterwards and and question their communication question their the pre-op uh, meeting did could they've seen what what happened you know so i love that i love this but then also an answer uses this thing called sumo which is shut up move on you know um so there's a book about it but basically that you know you have a very aggressive attitude towards learning from a an incident or a, a meeting or a sales call or whatever it is or a match if it's sport and then you, you take on board those things and then you move on you know what I mean you take on board you don't just go into the next match or operation or sales call beating yourself up about something you didn't do well previously you know you accept that and you realize you're human you, the, the, the elite performers do that review part well and then they they go and do it again and try and do it better you know what I mean so um that's that's kind of they're the things that I, I think I'm I'm pretty okay at. Um and help me kind of move along. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Um last sorry, two more questions before we go, but uh last my 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 only really rugby related question. Um it's World Cup year, so uh, I can't go without asking you, do you think Ireland can break their World Cup? Who do? Yeah, I think we're in a really good place. I think we're very reliant on Johnny Sexton still. Um but Farrell has done an incredible job. And also, it's way more player-led than it was under Schmidt. Um, so the, the responsibility is shared. Uh, he's he, Farrell is a, is a transformation leader, so he, he makes other people leaders um, without like shifting the responsibility. He, the responsibility is still to him, but he empowers the, the players and his coaches to deliver. So I think it's... Look, I think that the pressure of not performing a previous World Cup is probably led to the last team not performing at a World Cup. Um, but I think that they're in a much better place now from a psychological point of view. And it's going to be very tough. The, the, it's very open at the moment, but I, I believe in this team and I believe in, in, in this coaching. Brilliant, group. brilliant. And then lastly, just before we go, um, I, I know we mentioned that we connected on LinkedIn. So obviously anyone listening to this can can probably reach out to you on LinkedIn as well. But if anyone wants to talk to you about getting you in to speak or or do something with their team with their organization where do they find you or what's the best ways to best place to contact you yeah look at the look at i'm i'm um i'm on nearly all social media except tinder um i um i yeah so linkedin is, is perfect um i'm building a website at the moment um should be ready next week um twitter direct message to twitter facebook whatever um but yeah, LinkedIn would be great. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm easily contactable. Yeah, Bernard, um, thanks a million for for giving me your time. Uh, your passion and your enthusiasm for what you do and what you're doing is is really palpable. And there's been some real gold nuggets and gems in there for anyone listening to this. So thanks very, very much for doing it. Uh, my pleasure. And, and um, yeah, I've, li- I've listened to uh, quite a few of your pods and I've picked up some some nice bits on them as well. So continue success. And uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll bump into each other at an event in person soon.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard and you want to stay in touch with us, then please head over to www.belowtheline.ie to subscribe to our mailing list and to explore our upcoming programs and events. Until then, take care and see you next time.